Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Want to teach your kids financial literacy, but not sure where to start? Greenlight can help. With Greenlight, parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens use a card of their own to build money confidence. As a parent, you can send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and more. It's a convenient way to run your household, customized to your family's needs, and the easy way to raise financially smart kids. Get started with Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com ACAST. This episode is sponsored by R.W. Knutson Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice, a welcome addition to anyone's sleep routine. Pace Case, if you know me, and you do, mm-hmm. you know that I'm yep. working all hours of the day, all hours of the night. Mm-hmm. So the sleep that I do get has to be very good sleep. And I'm always looking for ways to up my sleep routine. Sometimes I'll read a book to go to sleep. Sometimes. Mm-hmm. Oh, The Bachelor? uh, That book keeps me very awake. It's very engaging. That never puts me to sleep. Mm. I will Mm. sometimes just put down my cell phone after a long day of looking at a screen. It's nice to get some time away from the screen. I also will incorporate some R.W. Knutson Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice. It truly makes you go to sleep a little easier. It's the thing you need to help you drift off into the dreamland. Mm-hmm. As more and more people are looking to prioritize sleep, organic Just Tart Cherry is having a moment thanks to Tart Cherry's potential sleep-related benefits and potential to aid in muscle recovery when you get those gains like clues. We're seeing this in the viral sleepy girl mocktail trend on social media. R.W. Knutson has a whole lineup of natural juices with zero added sugar, so you can feel good about adding them to your wellness routine. It's all about celebrating those daily wins. Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice is made from tart cherries, which may help you get a better night's sleep because they have natural melatonin. R.W. Knudsen crushes only 100% real ingredients, so you can crush everything you do. Pick up a bottle at your local grocery store today. It's the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. If your wife came up to you and said that some guy told her that she was cute and then she in turn said that you're cute as well in the real world, if you were to buy me a drink, whatever happens, happens, would you be upset? Man to man, would you be upset? Me personally? You personally. Yeah, you fucking would be. And if I would have done the same thing to one of the girls, I'd be the fucking player that's playing her like a fucking fiddle. And I'm not going to get played, bud, okay? It's not a game. This is my life. Welcome to Game of Roses. This is Pace Case. This is Bachelor Clues. And we have a recap for you of Love is Blind Season 3, Episodes 5 and 6. But before we get to that... We must tell you, there is a brand new development happening right now in the Game of Roses Patreon. If you've been wondering, how did they start this show? What were the first episodes like? Mm. Well, now you can wonder no more. (laughs) 
Your curiosity will be satisfied if you go to patreon.com slash Game of Roses. You're going to get that back catalog. The first bunch. The first bunch. Everything up to what you can get right now in our regular feed now exists in our Patreon. The Dark Seeker has painstakingly uploaded every episode into a YouTube channel. And you can go back and listen to everything from literally the first episode, which has a different theme song. Uh, which is very strange to hear. I just listened to it this morning. Wait, it does? What is the theme song? It was just some weird little thing that I made in GarageBand and tacked onto the beginning of it just so we'd have a little bit of music. Oh, interesting. Uh, it took, I think, one more episode until we had the theme song that we currently use now. So we had it almost from the beginning, but not quite. And you'll get to hear all of my weird audio experimentations, some episodes that have wall-to-wall music, uh, all kinds of weird mm-hmm. stuff. You can go back and enjoy all of that right now on patreon.com slash gameroses. And... We also, if you go to that website, (laughs) you can access our latest Digging Deeper, in which we broke down all of the most important clips from the nation's podcast, all of the auditory tids that you need in your life, patreon.com slash Game of Roses. You're going to get that back catalog. You're going to get that live shows once a week. You're going to get those Digging Deepers. And... Yeah, you even might get some ad-free episodes. Every once in a while, one of those show up in the Patreon. So please head over to that Patreon and join us in the bottom of the pit. You also get access to our Discord where you can submit screams that we play on Twibbon at the end of the week. But now, let's do what we came here to do, Pace Case. And now, Pace Case and Bachelor Clues proudly present analysis of play in this week of our beloved game, This is Game of Roses. Episode 5 of Love is Blind opens. All of our players are still in their honeymoon suites. This is the fantasy suite equivalent to our beloved game. We see a bunch of self-shot video of all the couples as they are experiencing their mornings after and getting into some kind of a routine here. Ultimately, we come to Zanab and Cole. Zanab is watching Cole surf from the beach and she cheers him on. As he's pulling off his wetsuit, she says, I really enjoy this. They sit down at this picnic, eating some grapes, drinking some booze. She says she liked watching him. He was hot on the surfboard. And she says she won't go into the water, but she will watch him do anything if she has champagne on the beach. Isn't that true of most things? And he asks her if she's having any second thoughts after seeing the other guys. She says, not one. Then she asks him the same thing. And he pauses. This is, of course, coming on the heels of him him talking to uh, Colleen in the pool the day before. Could be editing this pause. We don't know. But she says, Mm -hmm. it's the hesitation for me. And this it's blank for me is something all the players are saying this season quite a bit. Zainab maybe the most. But he finally says no. He's not having any second thoughts. Raven is too much for him. Alex is not his type. Colleen is happily off with Matt. And uh, Zainab brings up how excited he said he was to meet Colleen. He divulges that the majority of the girls he's dated look like Colleen, but Zainab has the personality he wants, and he admits he never dated anyone physically like her. I still don't know exactly what this means. Is this a race reference? Is this a hair color reference? I don't really know what that means. It's hard to not see it as a racial thing, and we'll get Zainab's stepmom saying that later, but... And I don't think Cole means it that way. I think he's just like, I think she's hotter, basically. I don't know. But Zenev ITMs that she tries not to be that female who's insecure, but Cole is unfiltered. But uh, we then cut to Colleen and Matt, and they are eating on a boat. And 
Colleen talks about how it was interesting meeting Brennan and Cole because both of them rejected her. And Matt's like, did you talk about that? And she says that Cole was quieter, but I always knew it was you. That's my guy. I This could be the case. It did not seem that way from what we were shown of Colleen's storyline. She seemed pretty devastated when both of these rejections happened. Um, and Matt says the only one he dated was Alexa, and it was BFF vibes. Colleen love level fours, and Matt asks about when other guys are there or hitting on her in Dallas. And she would be like, oh, no, I'm taken. I always say, I'm sorry I have a boyfriend, and now I won't be lying. And he says their foundation is stronger than that whole deal, referencing his 10-year relationship and marriage that he had before. <laughs> I know. I was like, shit. That's a... Damn. But I mean, I get where he's coming from, because she cheated on him and got pregnant with the yeah. dude she was cheating on. So he, in his mind, that whole thing is zeroed out. Completely worthless, a waste of his time. He's been fucked over. I get where he's coming from. But basically, we see that they're a, a strong couple. We then get Alexa and Brennan sitting on a beach. She's wearing a giant hat. Brennan expresses that he's still nervous about living with each other in the real world. He says he's not uh, really that messy. She says she's the messy one. They can't have two messy people. And he says he only has about 25 items that he mixes and matches. Alexa divulges that she never wears the same outfit twice. <laughs> Okay. There was a girl at my high school who did this, but she was extremely wealthy. Yeah. But I also was like, this is disgusting. I'm like, I'm sorry. To me, it's like, I don't know. It's not very sustainable. Not a sustainable option. (laughs) We learn a little bit later that she might be wealthy. Uh, We then see Bartisa and Nancy eating some pizza with champagne outside. They're drinking from those signature golden chalices that we see in Love is Blind in every episode. And Nancy admits that she was confused by what was going on between him and Raven. She says Raven is playful, but also she's a little negative. And she says uh, she can't. She's done. Seems like weird editing in this moment. I don't think she actually said this. I think this is some Franken-bitten stuff. But Nancy was surprised mm-hmm. that she was at the top of Bartice's list because she's so different from Raven. And Nancy ITMs that Bartice was into Raven's body, but the whole point of this is that the foundation of the relationship is an emotional connection, not a physical one. Bartice then explains to Nancy that he and Raven connected on their fitness similarities, but with Nancy, it was emotional. He couldn't get her, get her out of his gut when he was having a date with Raven. They kiss, and it, he seems to have been... It seems to have brought this conversation back from the brink. A little bit here. Mm-hmm. See, he's always kind of going in bad directions in these conversations. Then somehow he pulls it out, or or somehow Nancy yes. allows it to be pulled out. I suppose he keeps seeming to create obstacles for himself yeah. during this process. We then get an interesting all-player date at a swimming pool. We get quick pops of kisses between Colleen and Matt, and then a couple. I didn't know who this was. Did you see who the second one was? No, I, it was it was very fast. But it was just like images of kissing, people jumping in the water, some shots of some asses, shots being imbibed, gold chalices are everywhere. And we finally settle on Nancy and SK having a conversation about how they are both Scorpios. SK tells her that Raven told him she's not an affectionate person. And he told her that he wanted to fall in love with her the Raven way. So he's bringing back this catchphrase. 
And he basically says, I was down for whatever she wanted to do. SKITMs that he thinks he and Raven have made a lot of progress and she's getting more comfortable, but they haven't been intimate yet. There's some sexual tension brewing between them, but not having sex doesn't change the way he sees her. So we know that that's going to be a narrative they're setting up, at least in the course of this episode, potentially the next episode, that they have not yet consummated. And we believe they are the only couple at this point to not have done so. We see a girl chat between Raven, Alexa, and Colleen, where Raven says... It was medium at first with SK, but better every day. She needs him to bring the energy and start to open up, lower those walls. And Alexa, spill some tea here, says that sex with Brennan is like two minutes. I'm jamming it in, (laughs) but we're good now. Okay. You're always on. You're always mic'd. <laughs> you should always know that. Raven has a fucking a great faceplate in reaction to this. It's kind of like half eye aperture. Like, what the fuck did you just say? It was really, really good. She was not my faceplate of the game, but fantastic faceplate from Raven. She actually has some some pretty good faceplate all throughout this series. But after this strange admission by Alexa that Brennan, at least in his first iteration of having sex, was doing the two minute two minute jam it in style. Cole then beckons Zanab into the pool. She won't go in. She says she doesn't want to look like a wet dog. Then we see Bartise and Raven talking. Bartise is ITMing that she's beautiful, fit, and gorgeous. He does care about her. They form something special in the pods, and he does care about what she thinks of him still. Then they talk to one another. He asks her if it's weird talking face-to-face. They say no. She is comfortable. He is comfortable. And he tells her that she is a baddie, and she thanks him for the compliment. Mm -hmm. He says that on paper, they're a perfect match. He explains that his connection with Nancy was different than what he had with Raven and Raven admits that because they never approach the people because they each never approach people out in the world. They wait for for people to approach them. They would have never walked up to each other in a bar and Raven ITMs that she's not flattered by what Bartice is saying because he was only talking about her physical appearance. He didn't even mention the pod Raven which is her mind and their connection. Back to the talk, she says she's reassured in her decision after talking to him. She says SK and her are more realistic and methodical people, and he matches her chiller energy, and they made the right choice uh, for where they are emotionally. She says she and Bartise are so emotionally incompatible. So Bartise is just <laughs> essentially getting dumped here, or not dumped. I mean, he's not with her, but like the the idea that there was even the possibility of this, Raven just fucking dumps water all over it. I like that they all end up having these conversations about the hypothetical, like, if we met in a bar kind of thing. Well, just outside the process. And I think that those kind of conversations probably happen in Bachelor as well. I mean, they once they start getting to the end of the season, you start to see those conversations happening. Like, what is it going to be like in the real world when we're away from this? They say this or call it the fairy tale or the whatever, uh, the fantasy, you know. And I think for them, it's similar. The fantasy is developing an emotional connection with somebody that you don't know what they look like. Whereas in real life, that doesn't ever happen. The first thing you know about someone, generally speaking, is what they look like. We then see an interesting series in which Cole basically tells a bunch of people that his fiance is not hot. He is first talking with Alexa and he says, I'm not in a place to say everything's perfect. She's Zenim's not the first girl I'd pick out of a crowd and say she's hot. I think she's hot now because I love her, but I'm not head over heels yet. And Alexa ITMs, I'm literally fucking dying. It was so weird. He's very open about it. I didn't even have to pressure for a conversation. A little tea session. I get all the tea. Ooh, Alexa is just scooping things up for her tea cellar. Love watching Alexa play. Yeah, she's a fantastic player. Um, Cole is not. And it reminds me (laughs) a lot of like, there was an old series that I used to watch called Breaking Amish, where all the players on that show 
obviously didn't understand what reality television is and that you're being recorded constantly and that eventually the people you're on mm -hmm. the show with are going to be able to watch back the things you do and say. I don't mm -hmm. understand what Cole is doing here. It seems that he has no understanding, even on a rudimentary level, of what reality television is and that these things he's saying and doing are going to be captured on video, broadcast on Netflix, and then <laughs> everyone he's talking about is going to watch that back. So let's let's say, mm -hmm. I don't know how this ends. I'm unspoiled in terms of where Cole and Zanab are in, in the real world, but let's say they're married and happy and then the show comes on and she has to watch this shit. He's not aware that that would be the case. Um, it really is fascinating to watch these early seasons of a new game where players just don't seem to understand that. Yeah, there's a lot of re references to Cole's filter and we're definitely seeing that it is on no filter mode. He then talks to Colleen and he <sighs> asks her if she has any reservations and she's like, no, but I am worried. When are we going to find an, a hurdle? Because shit can happen in real life. Do you have reservations? Nicole says, well, we have that emotional connection. We do have a physical connection, but it's not. Wouldn't have been the girl I picked in a row. <laughs> he just using this phrase again and again. It's yeah. unreal. <laughs> just... <laughs> and... Uh, Colleen is like, who is your initial type? Cole says, you. And Colleen says, you'd be the person I'd go to in a bar. And he says, I'd approach you in a bar. I knew I'd be physically attracted to you. I knew you were cute. And she says, you're the person I'd be attracted to in the real world. And Cole goes underwater. And ITMs, Colleen is stressful because I like her. Loads love, love level one for Colleen. And he ITMs, he's trying to physically fall in love with Z, but he is already physically in love with with Colleen. That is something... I don't know what kind of love level that is. Physically in love with someone. I, I've never heard that before. What is <laughs> I that? I don't know. I think it's a new love level scale. It's the physical love level scale. The lust scale. Yeah, because our love levels are more about emotional. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of physical love level? I physically really like you. You know, I think I'm physically starting to fall in love with you. <laughs> Emotionally, I think we're still love level two. I could see myself falling, yeah. but physically, I am falling. So I am physically three. I can feel myself physically falling, <laughs> starting to physically fall in love with you, but I'm not quite there emotionally. I don't know. It's very confusing, but thank you, Cole, for this confusion. And also, I would never date you if I saw you in a bar. <laughs> right. You're not the type of person I would ever walk up to under any circumstances, except the one we find ourselves in right now, which I know is very strange. <laughs> Then we get SK and Raven. They're getting massages. We've seen this date play out a million times in our beloved game. A masseuse tells them to breathe in the aroma of the oils they're using so that they can visualize some colors. Then this masseuse leaves Raven and SK alone with a bottle of chakra oil and the instructions to massage one another. And this masseuse was my... Jorge, 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 Jorge... Moreno, bystander of the week. I love this type of date. This is a couple that uh, has sexual tensions. They have not yet consummated. And so the producers set them up on this date where they're going to be massaging each other. Now, if these producers were a little better if they had been in the game a little longer. Instead of a mutual massage, this would have been... Human taco. Yeah, human taco, human churro, <laughs> or a full-on uh, forced nudity 
sitting in Kama Sutra poses type mm. shit like that. They could have gone much further with this, but they did go pretty far with it here. And this masseuse was conscripted by the producers to help in that endeavor. Couldn't have loved that performance more by my Jorge Moreno. And it was good play by SK. He's like, this comes with the package when he starts massaging her in this heart shape, which is the heart happens to be right near the cleave. And he has his shirt off and... Raven Eye Tams, yesterday we were talking about him bringing the energy, and now he is. Their sexual tension feels fiancé-licious. And then they go to a hot tub. That massage, I guess, was too hot to handle. They need to wash off in this hot tub. She calls him an energy god, and she sings about him not going too far in the deep end. They talk some more about him being an energy god, and he tells her that engagement looks good on her. He thinks it's all coming together. He likes that they started off on a strong emotional connection. They gave their hearts to each other, and the future looks bright. Raven thinks it is fun to see them getting better every day, and he wouldn't want it any any other way. And he says he doesn't want to pressure this or rush this. And I wrote, lol, they're getting married in a month. The whole show is about (laughs) pressuring and rushing you into a marriage that's that's what the whole thing is and she says uh she's falling in love with him for sure love level three and she feels like she really loves him love level four he says i love you too another love level four here and we seal it with a kiss nighttime we are in nancy and bartice's room they kiss and nancy asks about his talk with raven and he says good seeing her in the flesh it makes sense you're fucking gorgeous you're fit we look good together to the naked eye look at us in any bar or restaurant that would make sense obviously we're this hot couple (laughs) Our, our connection But our connection is emotional, energetic, and fun. And she's like, "Mm mm-hmm. And she just says, like, just she just groans one-word answers to him during this whole convo. And he's like, do you think Raven and SK would say yes? And Nancy's like, I think they will. And Barty says, "My," he's saying, my biggest fear, we've fallen in love. So, okay, love level four, kind of. He says, my biggest fear is that our love fizzles out. I can't identify the reason, but I've lost interest in every girl I was in love with. I'm worried it might fizzle out. I need to experience us in Dallas, not in this fairy tale. If we had a wedding right now, what is your answer? And she says, yes, a precog by Nancy. And Bertice is like, are you sure? We haven't even been through any challenge. You don't know how I'd react. (laughs) (laughs) I know. It's like, Jesus, dude. (laughs) Okay, you're going to punch me in the face? What does that mean? (laughs) Bartisa's, him and Cole are like on par for worst players of this season, I feel like. There is no conversation that they have that you are like, oh, this will go well. And then indeed it doesn't. He just keeps digging the hole deeper and deeper. But I will say in terms of Nancy's reactions to this. I think Bartise is doing like out of them too. I think Bartise is somehow being more charming. (laughs) Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, he comes off as just like a little naive, whereas Cole comes off as like sinister to me anyway. But uh, I also don't think that Nancy's reactions to what he's saying, like we're not getting this whole conversation. This is another conversation mm-hmm. that is just chopped the fuck up. I don't know who's really saying what. I don't think any of these reactions that she was giving were the actual reactions she had in that conversation. Nonetheless, we move on. Alexa and Brennan cheers in a pool at night. Alexa says they're the best. Brennan agrees. He's excited for the next step uh, to not be in this uh, situation, but to be in real life. He says they're in a dream. She thinks they're in the cool part and taking him home will be him meeting her family. Uh, 
she's nervous about her family not understanding her decision, but she thinks they'll get through the family part. And she says, I kind of love you. Is that a love level 3.5? I don't know. She said six out of eight. I was like, I think that's three. <laughs> well, that's three fourths. Six out of eight is three fourths. So I'm saying love level three, I guess. If they were all equal between them, sure. Yeah. And he keeps saying, you're really hot, girl. She says, what's your biggest turn on you, girl? And they make out. They seem drunk. Now you, I want to ask you a question. You're unspoiled. Uh-huh. Have you read any of the news surrounding any of these people? No. Okay. And you want to keep it that way. We're covering the document only. What do you mean? <laughs> Let's just keep it that way. We're going to cover the document only. And there may be things to talk about after we finish the whole season. I'm sure there will be. I mean, I'm unspoiled. I've really been doing ghost protocol on the news. I have my guesses about like who's going to stay together or not. Okay. Well, I mean, I don't know. I'll leave it to you to make the executive decision. Uh, I Let's keep it unspoiled and just talk about gameplay. And then we'll, after we do the whole season, oh. we can, um, oh God, we can discuss things. Oh God. Wait, now you're scaring me. I'm scaring you. It's nothing to be afraid of, I assure you. Zainab and Cole then are in bed. There was a dot, dot, dot. Yeah. And uh, she asked him how his pool party was. These are forced conversations by the producers. We, we get a bunch of these conversations coming down in quick succession of all the couples. How was your pool party? How was it talking to those other mm-hmm. people that the producers forced you to talk to? And then forced us to have this conversation about the forced conversations you had to have with those people in the pool. So she recounts the events of Cole coming over to her and uh, she asked him to rate her. He gave her a 9 out of 10 and he gave Colleen and Raven a 10 out of 10. This was going to be my error of the game until something Bartiste does a little bit later. But he says then that he gives 80% of the woman in the world a 7 out of 10. But he gave her a 9 out of 10, so she should be grateful, essentially, here. Digging the hole, just... Cole giving his fiance a 9 out of 10, while two other women in the pod get a 10 out of 10. And he insults the fourth audience, saying that 80% of the women watching this, he would give less than a 7, was my... Error, 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 error of the game. <laughs> I, I, I mean, it's hilarious, but it's devastating and yeah, just. But that's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, there there are a lot of errors this season. But this motherfucker doesn't know what he's doing. This relationship is the hardest for me to watch. Fuck the relationship. This dude just said he gives eighty percent of the women in the world less than a seven or a seven or whatever. It's like if this relationship doesn't work out for you, dude. That video clip is going to be playing in the mind of everyone you will ever date for the rest of your life if they've seen this show. It's insane what he's saying. It's absolutely fucking insane. Would you not watch this show if you're dating the person? I mean, it's... It just... it's He's just digging himself in a bigger and bigger hole. And... I know we're seeing a chopped up version of this, but it feels to me like Cole hates Zinnab. And is what, trapped? And is just like really trying to force this. He's like, fuck it. I just got to make it to the end to get Instagram followers, you think? or that That is just the impression. I feel the cringiest when I'm watching this couple. I feel like they're like the least likely to make it out of anyone, if I were to guess. Yeah, I feel similarly. He's very hard to watch. But again, 
it is just like this game. And I know people get married and I know there's real emotion and there have been successful couples that are one successful couple at the very least. I don't know if there are any more other than the the first season, but uh not that I know of. It's just the the unmitigated misunderstanding of the fact that he's on a reality television show that will be broadcast to everybody who has a Netflix subscription. That to me is mind blowing. Like he doesn't seem to understand that with any of these things he's saying. And that's fascinating to me. It really is like we're in the early, early era of this game where these players Mm -hmm. are just fucking coming in, shooting from the hip. doesn't matter. Outcome be damned. He does not give a shit. He's just going to insult every woman on the planet basically (laughs) it makes me think like i don't know maybe you've never been filmed before or had like your exact words brought back to you but like it's yeah zenev responds and is like oh i have self-esteem issues i have to work through i guess in response to this which is also like a dig at him i do feel like they neither of them like each other that much uh and does that have my teams? It's really crappy to hear the man you love and you're engaged to is like, I'm physically attracted to this girl. You're nine out of 10, but she's 10 out of 10. I don't know if other women would receive that better than me. <laughs> Hated hearing that. But ultimately, as they lay in bed, he maintains that he's not confused about who he wants to be with. And she agrees that it's real. She doesn't doubt that there are real feelings between them. And she just wants him to tell her feelings change. And it's not going to work out that they could make that decision together. Those are her expectations from somebody she would uh, love and respect. And ultimately, they come together. And he offers to never say anything like that again, the 9 out of 10 thing. And she says forever, she will then think it's bullshit. And he says, great, because it is bullshit for any guy, unless you're married to Kim Kardashian, who you do look like, so we're close. This gets an audible groan from Zaneb. Close. It was unfucking real he, he turned a corner. He got back into this conversation was like, look, you are the one. I'm 100% in. She says the same thing. And then he pulls out this Kim Kardashian shit. And you're just like, the man cannot get out of his own way. Can't Simply cannot. No. No. <laughs> Physically incapable. We then see this conversation between Colleen and Matt recapping the all-player date. How was the Cole convo? And Colleen says, you know, I said you're a cute guy in real world. Sure. But I don't know who that person is. Matt's like, I bet you didn't tell him that. I've been played before. You should have shut it down. I got my eyes on one girl. Colleen produces tears, goes in the bathroom crying. And Matt says, we have four weeks. You're telling people I'm attracted to you as an engaged woman. So fuck me, right? You're going to tell me you love me, but fuck me, right? He is. Oh, God, I had this as my error also. (laughs) Whatever. I'll give it to Cole. But (laughs) his interrogation of Colleen making her produce tears was almost my error. The game yelling at a woman until she cries is just, it's never a good look in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. I'll share your opinion. Uh, but okay. she does at a certain point say she only has eyes for him. And when she says this, Matt delivers a disgusted, suspicious, scrunched up face. And this gaze in response to Colleen's admission that she only has eyes for him was my, Face play of the game. This motherfucker is so drunk. 
everything so that's drunk. coming through his facial expression <laughs> is 100% real emotion. And it's just a, oh, what are you saying to me? Like downturned corners of the mouth, eyes almost closed, just face. Oh, loved it. Absolutely loved it. Love to see all the drunk stuff. His PTC has been triggered. Yeah. <laughs> Love to see all the drunk stuff. I do too. Um, he, she's like, I'm fighting for you. And he says, you got eyes for one person. This is fucking ridiculous. I'm not going to get fucking played, Colleen. And she says, you're done. I didn't know how to respond. And he says, we're on two different pages. I'm out. And he leaves. And Colleen grabs her face between her two hands as Matt says, get this mic off me. And this gesture to accompany tears and elevate her victim edit was my... Face play of the game. A lot of strong face play this week by everyone, but this one I loved. I did too. I loved this whole scene, and I thought it was a very strong end here where Matt uh, storms off. He doesn't know if he can continue, and we cliffhang as Colleen is crying. We then begin episode six. Nancy and Bartice have some self-shot video, Nancy's telling us that they're leaving. This is their last day in the honeymoon suites. Alexa and Brennan self-shot video. She says, I found my cowboy and says, you know what they say, save a horse. And then Brennan says, it ride me. And indeed she laughs and likes this. Colleen then have, has some self-shot video with Matt or sorry, Matt's not there. She's self-shooting her own video. She says she was sad and emotional last night. Matt then self-shoots his own video. He says they were finally able to communicate the next morning after their fight. And they realized it wasn't as big an issue as they thought. I'm like, <laughs> where's this fucking footage do we not get to see that how the fuck do you come out of that aren't they being filmed 24 7 at this point like where is it but i bet that they both woke up and they were like jesus christ i was drunk as fuck and she's like yeah me too okay let's you know erase <laughs> that do over mulligan <laughs> mulligan like i'm gonna get a smorsion we get the uh, a group brunch and Dark Lords Lachey are back. And Nick Lachey says, how are these physical connections <laughs> shaping up? And he Hang rubs on. his hands together. Yes. That's what I was going to ask you. Did you see that he was doing the hand rubbing? Oh, I saw the hand. Somebody else does the hand rubbing. Dark Lord Palmer. Look, it's hard to know what to do with your hands. No, it isn't. <laughs> if you're a Dark Lord, it's very easy. You rub them together maliciously in a sinister fashion that conveys that you love to visit suffering upon all the players that you are addressing. Well, his dark wife, Vanessa Lachey, says, creepy Uncle Nick, and they leave it in the document. Matt admits to them they've had a rough patch, but Colleen says more in love this morning than ever, and they kiss in front of the Dark Lords to be like, see, 4TRR. Raven says she's going to have Google how to be Nigerian for dummies. And Nick Lachey announces, we have your phones. And Vanessa says, when your fiance is talking to you, look up. Nick says, you're one to talk. Ooh, little banter there. All scripted, scripted bits. But I did think this was very interesting. It is in stark contrast to our beloved game, which pretends that telephones don't exist. Cell phones which, don't exist. Yeah, <laughs> pretends that... Unless you're Ben Higgins, trying to get that remote blessing. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Or Sweet Doves meeting hand and God, or if you need to say hello to your children that you've uh, abandoned for some time to go into the beloved game. But here, 
they make it a part of the show. They they show you now we've we've sequestered these players during the pods. We've sequestered them during the honeymoon phase. But now that they're going into, in quotes, the real world, which is not actually true, they put them up in an apartment building. Nonetheless, uh, they say, here, you get your phones back. So we get some idea that they can now communicate with the outside world again and that the the real like lockdown from that ability to connect the world is over. Clues. Mm-hmm. I've been on a mission. I'm trying to find Ooh. the perfect T-shirt. Yeah. Um, because it's spring. I'm ready to get out there. I'm ready to peacock. Luckily, the perfect T-shirt does exist. And you can find it at Skims. From cropped silhouettes to long sleeve layering tees, there's a style for everyone. You guys know how excited I was that Skims became one of our sponsors for this podcast. They have great basics and foundations. I got the boyfriend t-shirt in onyx. That's kind of a dark black color. And the cotton jersey long sleeve t-shirt in kyanite, which is kind of like a blue green. And they're both so comfortable. It's basically like you are wearing nothing. Great for free spirit types. Well, for all the free spirits out there right now, you can shop the Skims t-shirt shop at skims.com. Now available in sizes XXS through 4X. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcasts in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Again, that's Skims. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. This year is flying by. We're almost halfway through it. Now, I've done a lot of things that I'm proud of this year. A lot of them related to gore. We've had some great interviews. We're kicking it up a level to get on YouTube. We're really taking it to the next place. But there's still a lot that I would like to accomplish this year. And when life is moving fast, it's important to take a moment to celebrate your wins and to make adjustments for the rest of the year. Therapy can help you take stock of your progress and then set achievable goals for the next six months so that you get all those things done that you want to get done. Lizzie talks about all the time how beneficial therapy has been for her. My friend Will on my other podcast talks about it all the time, and I agree. It is very good. It's a great tool to be able to talk things out in your life with somebody else who can set you on the right path to getting all those goals accomplished. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists literally at any time for no additional charge. Take a moment. Visit betterhelp.com slash game of roses today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash game of roses support for today's episode comes from one skin if you have sensitive skin you're going to want to hear about one skin's scientifically proven topical supplements this is face eye body shield and it can all be used with any of their other products which are free from over 1500 chemicals and preservatives that can make skin red, irritated, or itchy. Their products are safe for sensitive skin. It's just one of the reasons they've earned the Skin Safe seal of approval. You got to keep that skin glowing if you want to be keeping up the level of face play that I've got going on. And One Skin was founded by an all-woman team of scientists 
Their products are backed by extensive lab and clinical data to validate their efficacy and safety on all skin types. Uh, Their topical supplements are the easiest way to keep your skin healthy and hydrated without the harsh ingredients or irritation found in other skincare products often. One Skin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, One Skin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code ROSES at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code ROSES. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support Gore and tell them that we sent you. Over. I found that interesting mm-hmm. and I liked it. They're slowly introducing like aspects of real life back for the players. Um, we see Cole send a selfie. We see Nancy FaceTime. Aaron Deera, her mom. Bartise says, I'm in love with your daughter to her. She asks about his race. He says half black, half white, but I speak a little Spanish. And we see Raven and SK kiss. We cut two. After they do a secret handshake, by the way. Did you see that shit? They're a fascinating couple. Yeah, Raven and SK <laughs> have a little handshake that they do with one another. And I think that they had a lot of plays that were left on the cutting room floor. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. this handshake thing, I think, was probably one of them. They must have done that multiple times. And we just never got to see enough of it. Would have loved to have seen more. It's like Team Crab, Daniel Maltby. <laughs> exactly. <life>. Release the <laughs> crab tapes. Release the handshake tapes. And then we say... We see Cole and Zana doing some self-shot videos saying goodbye to Malibu. And the couples are off main titles. And we see a bunch of Dallas landmark B-roll, including some dogs being walked. All of the couples move into the same apartment building, uh, the landmark, I believe it's called. And I'm assuming this is just for ease of shooting. And then we get some I love Clevelanding as they all walk into their new apartments, astounded at how nice they are. Matt and Colleen kiss. Cole sniffs his own dirty clothing and then throws it on the floor. (laughs) Zainab demands he put it in a laundry basket as they move in together. She reprimands him again for leaving things on the ground, and he tells her to chill. Once again, to your point, Pace Case, doesn't seem like they're a strong couple to me. (laughs) No, I I believe maybe season one, they had to move into one of the people's places, but they changed it for season two Mm. to have these generic apartments. I don't know. Uh, we see Alexa and Brennan discuss closet space and kiss. Raven and SK jump on their bed and Raven ITMs the goals to wait till marriage to consummate, but we might mess up. SK says, ready to go shopping at the Nigerian grocery store. And he tells her about his language called Yoruba and teaches Raven some phrases. We cut to Colt and Zenab's home. Cole likes their new rug. He is making snow <laughs> angels in it. And she says, well, this is what a rug is because you don't have any furniture. He says it's because he's a boy while he's on the carpet. <laughs> I mean, and I guess he's being like a sarcastic asshole to her or whatever. But again, there are there's a guy with a camera standing three or four <laughs> feet away from you. The intent of this person with the camera is to record what you're doing and saying and then put it into, again, a TV show that's going to be on Netflix. Maybe he's Amish. <laughs> he doesn't, yeah, he doesn't understand technology. What is that guy holding? It's just unreal. At every turn, this guy is saying stuff that just makes him seem worse and worse. Um, sometimes at the cost of Zanab, here at the cost of himself. But 
she does say he has some trainability and then they sit on a couch and speculate that they're going to do better in this apartment than they did in Malibu. They're stronger now after having thought about what it would be like to lose each other. So they're together out of fear. They are both excited for this part. And Zainab then says she thinks it's going to be really healthy. Cole raises his eyebrows to the heavens in a kind of you bet your ass it's going to be healthy smirk. And we get maybe now they're going in the right direction. Zainab then ITMs that they've overcome a lot. And she asked uh, him on the plane to go their separate ways if he didn't see it and they decided to keep going. She's still the girl from the pods and they're going strong now. Cole then tells Zainab that he called his family and they don't understand what he's doing. It doesn't make sense to them. They're not for it. So he's not going to be able to get their approval. There is no blessing coming no blessing. from Cole's uh, side of the family. Not only that, we learn later that they're not even going to be in the show or they might be at the end. Who knows? Maybe they're they're setting us up for that. But at least at this point, that it seems to be the case. Zainab says it breaks her heart. And uh, Cole thinks his family thinks he's making a mistake. We then get some hard rock music with lyrics. The lyrics are, everything comes crashing down. And then we get Nancy and Bartise. She tells him mm. her hairs are going to be everywhere. She's a little messy. And Bartise says he's only had guy roommates, but he's not nervous about living with a woman. She doesn't think they're going to have any problems, but you never know. And she says she'll teach him some things and he'll be fine. He's excited. And we get a little kiss here. They get in bed together, and he demands that she snuggle up to him, which she does. I mean, leading into the meetings of the family, I think this is why the meetings of the family are my favorite part of Love yeah. is Blind, because it is this wild card in a very similar way that 90 Day Fiance is, where it's like, they can go on doing whatever they're doing, but then they have to introduce them to their family and be like, oh, yeah, I'm marrying this person in 90 days who's from another country who might have ulterior motives. Who knows? Like, it just, it really elevates the stakes for me in in a very exciting way. Because it also isn't as established. It's like, Love is Blind is a big show now, and it's going into season, this is season three, it'll, it'll have many more seasons. But it's not like The Bachelor. If you said, like, I met this person on The Bachelor, I think most families have an immediate understanding of like, oh, that show's been on for 20 fucking years. It has this legacy. Maybe you'll be a big influencer out of it. It's a different thing. This show is still like, wait a minute. I mean, we still see some no blessings on Bachelor. Justin Glaze, his parents didn't come. But we get a Chiron that says 19 days until the weddings. And we see uh, Raven and SK together. She demands that he gets out of bed and SK ITMs that the Sunday night streets of Dallas were calling him. But he ignored the call because he's an engaged man now. And he's not going to say exactly what happened that morning, but it was great. That's all he's going to say. To me, that's an implied consummation. Implying consummation. That's okay. What, yeah. And Raven also says that she is not happy about the loud neighbors and also about SK making loud calls to Nigeria. And he's like, they don't understand the time difference. <laughs> she love level fours him like as if he couldn't answer. the. He had to answer. Yeah. He doesn't answer the street, the Dallas streets calling, but he does answer Nigerian family and friends calling. She love level four is him, and she says, I love you, but I love my sleep more. Is that a love level five for sleep? I don't know. Goosebumps five. We see Nancy's 100K rental home, which she tells Bartise she rents for six to nine K a month, and she shares two-fifths of her properties with her ex. And Bartise ITMs that she hid how involved her ex is, thought it was just the realtor. He asks if she trusts him since both of their names are on the mortgage. And Nancy says she only buys a place if she has six months in savings to cover. 
wants to buy the next place with him and EITMs he's beginning in his career and doesn't have 3K lying around. But also there's a, a point in this where like Bartiz seems kind of like pissed off, like, oh, you got you're splitting all these things with your ex and how involved is this ex? And then she's like, look, mm-hmm. if we're married, everything's 50-50. If I make 200K, we make 200K. And Bartiz goes, holy shit. We make 200K. His eyes light up at the prospect of this new revenue stream and all of his concerns about the husband or the ex-husband or whatever mm-hmm. being part of a business. He's just like, fuck this shit. And the I think that to me, that was one of the funniest Bartiste moments where he was like, well, wait a minute. You're saying your ex-husband is still in on these properties with you? And she's like, yeah, but if we're married, like you'll be in on all the properties too. And if I make 200K, you'll make 200K. And he's like, holy shit, I'll make 200K. <laughs> Bartise do the accountant doing yeah. his doing his numbers work. <laughs> we cut to Alexa and Brennan. We are in Alexa's house and we meet a tiny white puppy named Tito who is so excited for them to come home and later drops a toy while learning of Bartise's 32K in student loans. And that's why Tito, the little white pup, was my... (laughs) Creature of the week. Cute, dramatic, everything you want in a creature. Alexa's dog Tito was strutting his stuff. (laughs) Tito knew they were coming to film this hometown. Tito knew he was about to get some screen time and he didn't disappoint. Walks right up to both of them, (laughs) jumps basically into her arms and sits on the couch with them as they discuss where they're going to live and how they're going to pay for it. Beautiful work, Tito. You got my... Creature of the week. And then Brennan explains that he can't afford the penthouse and he has these student debts. And Alexa basically says, uh, I this is how I live. And Brennan explains that he wouldn't have eaten sometimes as a child if it weren't for his grandparents. He plays this PTC here. And she says she wants to get a house in a year. They both think that's realistic. She wants to have a prenup. He says, you have more money than I do. That's obvious. And he says, whatever you want to put in the contract, I'll sign it. And then she says, uh, what would be in your contract? And he says, it only has to say that you love me. (laughs) Really playing support TRR uh, plays here. Mm -hmm. But he admits that his job is not his life. He wants to be able to coach his kids in sports. He uh, wants to always sit down as a family to dinner, whether they're talking or not. Education is really the only thing that's an absolute for him. And then he says they will punish their children if they do poorly in school. Um, And Brendan plays this accidental PTC when he admits that his dad used to take his door off the hinges as punishment when he was a kid. And she says that's very strange. And he assures her there's a lot more strange stuff to come. And we can't discuss this. Not yet, but perhaps we will. Clues. Yep. Okay. Okay. That's a little teaser. It's just All a right. teaser. Okay. Uh, we... <laughs> okay, I'm guessing it has to do with Alex and Brennan. Uh, we then get our first meeting of the family. It's SK's mom, Aid, and brother, A.B. Raven says she's about to shit herself before this, Nancy style. And SK introduces her to his mom and brother, and they show her how to swallow uh, this traditional Nigerian dish whole. And Aid's 
the mom asks why Raven picked SK. Raven says, at first he was a nerd slash square, but then it got better and better. And we have the same lifestyle. We're both motivated. And he's basically an onion with layers. And bomb drop, her parents aren't coming to the wedding. No blessing for SK. She says that they're skeptical. And SK assures his family that they're going to incorporate Nigerian traditions into the wedding. He's going to wear an Agboda to the wedding and they're merging their cultures. And Raven gets that mom blessing. The mom ITMs. I love her. And she also says that her only concern is that Raven's parents aren't going to be there. I thought Raven played this first hometown of season three. Absolutely impeccably. She's eating the food. She says it's good. She has made a connection with the mom. And this hometown play, this dinner eating of traditional Nigerian food by Raven was my play, 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 play of the game. This was my runner-up, but it was so good. It was beautiful. Because, I mean, she's dropping a bomb in here. No blessing. No blessing possible. Won't be at the wedding. She manages to make it all come around. They are all going to feel like one happy family. Incredible play. I think she's a great player overall, and I thought this was one of her best plays all season. Then we cut to Nancy and Bartice. They pull up to a house for what is the second hometown here. Nancy ITMs that Bartice is going to be meeting her mom and dad, ultimately. Uh, dad first here and she wants her family to be at ease and feel like she's making the right decision. The worst thing that can happen is they disapprove of the engagement. She doesn't want her brothers to get into a brawl with Bartice, she says. And I'm starting to feel tones of Desiree Hartsock in season 17, Golden Boy Sean Lowe of The Bachelor, when her brother told Sean Lowe that he was a playboy. I'm starting to feel that creeping in a little bit. That's weird, because I was feeling overprotective bro walls like JoJo Fletcher's brothers on her hotel date. <laughs> oh, those two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, Steve opens a bottle of wine as he says he has a lot of questions for Bartice. And then we get this two-on-one with Bartice and Nancy's brothers, Jesus and Steve. Jesus needs to know more about Bartiz, so he doesn't feel like he's talking to a little kid, he says. Bartiz assures him, I'm on my second career. Financial due diligence, says a lot of very adult-sounding words here. And then Steve asks, <laughs> why does he think Nancy's the one? And Bartiz says he feels like he would be happy with her for a long time. Steve says, that explanation is a little bland. Nothing special. <laughs> Fucking love that line. And then Steve says, look, dude, she brings out the best in everyone, strangers and all. Bartice says he's emotionally unavailable except with Nancy. He's gotten to know her better than anyone he has ever known. And Steve presses the issue here. He outlines a theoretical scenario in which Nancy gains 400 pounds. And then with a straight face, he asks Bartice if he would still love Nancy uh, with this theoretical 400 pound uh, weight gain. And oh Bartice says, God. he won't lie. Physical attraction is a part of it. And he takes care of his body and he hopes his future wife would take care of hers as well. And Steve sees his opening. Wait, future wife? You mean my sister? Bartice pushes back. Well, I haven't said yes to her yet. He says he would hope that he's got a deep enough relationship that he could tell her to go on a diet. And Bartice's <laughs> unmitigated mishandling of the 400-pound hypothetical weight gain attack by Nancy's brother Steve was my error, 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 error of the game. 
no idea what the fuck he's doing here. I don't think he has any idea what the fuck he's doing here, but all of this is wrong. I don't care if she gains 10,000 pounds. I'm going to love her till the day she fucking dies. And then even after that, I'm going to love her. That's all you ever say in a situation like this. Are you kidding me? In no world should you be meeting your fiance's family for the first time and talking about how one day or possibly you might make her go on a diet. It's uh, This should have been my error in the game also. <laughs> a lot of errors this week. <laughs> Good Lord. Uh, and then also like, well, look, I would hope that my future wife would go on a diet if I asked her to. And it's like, no, we're literally talking about my sister, though. The person sitting in the next room. This isn't like a theoretical future somebody, whatever, you know. It's a right. an actual person. He's, he's just like every turn of this conversation he handles completely incorrectly yeah they don't and they don't really give him the blessing at least that we see in the document we then no they well jesus even says look i'm looking forward to new beginnings and everything And if my sister approves i'm not just gonna fold he says and be okay with this i still am gonna need to hang out with you more he explicitly does not give mm. a blessing he says, I, I didn't get a good enough fucking read on you from this little conversation, dude. We then see the second half of this meeting with the family. They go to Nancy's mom's house, Erendira, a.k.a. Eddie. And mom immediately asks about the sparklers, carrots. And oh, also Nancy's friends are there as well. And they ask Bartise about what made him fall for Nancy. And he has, you know, sort of... <laughs> Sort of, this is his second draft. He says, first her laugh, and then we became best friends. And the mom plays a, how will you support my daughter? And Bartu says, well, I have 12K in student debt for the master's and 2K car debt. The mom reveals she has had a bail bond business for 15 years and she can read lies. Nancy laughs. She works with criminals. <laughs> <laughs> I like I liked this uh this family play. Me too. We see Zenab and Cole then. It is the Zenab meeting of the family. It is her mom and stepbrother, or her stepmom, Beverly, who's been her legal guardian since Zenab was 13. Beverly thinks that it's very vulnerable to go into the game and that she's been praying for them, loves that they share faith. And she says that she asked her son, how do you see this woman becoming your queen about him getting married. And Cole says, yes, we communicate even if we're in a fight. But my parents are mad <laughs> at me. And the mom pulls Cole and asks about faith. Cole reveals that his mom's dad was a Baptist preacher. PTC, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> Roasted. <laughs> well, uh, Beverly says that Zenab... Uh, will assume that the family not coming is based on race. And and she adds, you know, backstory to Zenob's PTC of her parental death. She says that one day Zenob cried when she realized she'd known her stepmom longer than her mom. And Beverly says she's probably extra hurt because she wants your parents to be hers. This is heartbreaking. Absolutely. This was a, a PTC being played for Zena basically by her stepmom here. But it does give us a lot of insight into uh, potentially things about Zenob's personality. And he assures, Cole mm -hmm. assures Beverly 
that once they can get through this, his parents will love her. And he says their love is real. And Beverly initiates a literal Christian prayer to protect their hearts and feelings as she invokes Jesus Christ himself. Powerful Christian parental play here. And so far on all these hometowns, I got to say, all the parents are knocking it out of the park. They're all absolutely fantastic and siblings and and all Mm -hmm. of it. Absolutely love it. They're doing all the attacks. Like, it's great. I mean, I loved when Bertice was getting, they were doing the too young to be serious. They were doing all the attacks. Now you've heard me talk about Quince on this program before. I love Quince. I am right now, head to toe, dressed in Quince. I got their shirts. I got their pants. I got everything from Quince. Quince is my spot for quiet luxury without paying those luxury prices. Quince offers a range of must-have items like 100% European linen, under $50, luxurious mulberry silk skirts, and of course, Italian leather bags and 14 karat gold jewelry from, get this, $30. All their prices are 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And because Quince creates timeless classic styles that won't go out of fashion, you're going to have them in that closet forever, unless you wear them out, which I may because I literally wear them every day. (laughs) I know you're wondering, how do they do it? Well, Quince partners directly with top factories to cut out the cost of the middleman, passing the savings right on to you and to me. What's even better, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium eco-friendly fabrics and finishes so you can feel good about getting high-quality items that are going to last you longer. Upgrade your closet this summer with Quince. Right now, go to quince.com roses to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince, Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash roses for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash roses. We're coming out of spring and we're headed into summer. It's a great time of year. It's a time for renewal. For me, that means reconnecting with friends and family I haven't seen for a while. And when I do, I want to make sure I have plenty of wine on hand to celebrate with. That's why First Leaf is a great option. As America's most personalized wine company, First Leaf takes the worry and guesswork out of buying quality wines, especially if you're somebody like me who knows maybe a little bit about these things, but not enough. Not enough to really make a great decision. They make the decision for you. To get started, you just answer some specific questions about your wine likes and dislikes on First Leaf's website. And these can be things that are about the people you're buying it for as well, if you're doing it as a gift. It only takes about five minutes to create your own personalized wine profile. Then you get your very own wine concierge who's going to use those responses to curate a customized selection of delicious award-winning varieties from rosés to sparklings and everything in between. It's all based on your personal preferences, on those questions you answered. These hand-selected wines are going to be delivered to your door within a few days with each bottle priced lower than what you'd pay at a wine store. You even get to choose when you get the wine. Plus, Every selection is backed by First Leaf's 100% satisfaction guarantee. And if you have questions about your wines, like what to pair them with, for example, First Leaf's personal wine concierge team is there to offer that expert advice. So it takes all the guesswork out. I love reconnecting with friends and family over bottles of First Leaf wine, and I bet you'll feel that way too. So give First Leaf a try. Head over to tryfirstleaf.com roses to sign up and save 50% on your first six hand curated bottles plus free shipping. That's T-R-Y. 
F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F.com slash roses to save 50% on your first six bottles plus free shipping. Try firstleaf.com slash roses. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. We then go to SK showing Raven his house and... <laughs> He shows some a decor thing that is for, I guess, spirits or something, waving away bad spirits. He also has a he's got a picture of himself as a baby on his refrigerator. I found that interesting. I was like, I don't think I have any pictures of myself as a baby anywhere. Do you have any pictures of yourself as a baby just like around your home? I mean, at my parents' house, maybe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but I've seen them on a lot of dating profiles, too. It's, oh, interesting. It's a thing. I All don't right. know. Uh, but Raven <laughs> talks about the excess of velvet. He's wearing velvet. There is velvet furniture in her ITM. And he says that his lease is up in September. Raven says she likes living near the mall and her job doesn't like commuting, doesn't want to for him to keep his apartment. Is that right? Well, she says there's no reason for him to keep his apartment if he's going to be going to school and they get into this little conversation about her not wanting to change her lifestyle, basically, while he has to go be a student. Mm. And he's essentially saying, you know, she wants to be able to get facials and massages and things like this, personal training. And he's essentially saying, I will live sparse and I will take care of my own shit. She then drops the bomb on him. I also expect you to pay half of my rent. I found that very bold, a very strong play. He will not live there. He's going to be living in California. She's just like, but you're going to pay half of my fucking rent in yeah. Dallas. Uh, but SK basically says he's good to take care of whatever they decide to split as far as bills. And he's fine taking care of his own school expenses and everything. She also quotes a Real Housewives of Beverly Hills and says it can be expensive to be me. <laughs> and SK ITMs that he can't provide financially until he's done with school and she won't compromise on things until then. So looks like there might be some trouble around this. And we get a Chiron 15 days until the weddings. We're back with Nancy and Bartice. They're doing laundry and... Uh, she says she tried his method of dumping everything in all at once with the socks, but if they're munchy, she has to unmunch them. Very cute wordplay here. And they talk about chores a little bit. And then they both agree that they're on board to have a nanny if they have kids or when they have kids. And then they start talking about timeline for kids. He says two to four years is the minimum for him. And she says that she has to consider her age. The older you get, the more likelihood there is for birth defects. And she asked what he would do if his child had a birth defect. She, he, she basically says you're more likely to have birth defects older. Bartiz said, I didn't know that was a thing. My mom was 36 when she had me. And Nancy asked, like, oh, would you abort a kid if there was a problem? And Bertie says, fuck no, whether it's boy, girl, trans, three legs, doesn't matter. And Nancy says, it's different for me. I've seen so much. I would cry every day. She says that uh, Down syndrome has so many complications and she's seen the trauma that it does to a family. And she says basically that she would get an abortion if she knew she could try again. 
Bartiz says, I basically could never get an abortion. I could never. But if it's unplanned, you get one pass if you're not financially ready for it and you're young, but you can't do it again. And Nancy's like, well, what if the second time you get raped? What if the third time they poked a hole in the condom to get you pregnant on purpose? And Bartiz is like, those make sense. But that's not like unplanned. And he basically is going through all of these things. And Nancy's like, what about this? And she's very... She keeps her cool about this situation in a way I could never see myself keeping it cool. Um, she asked about plan B. He says, plan B is different. I've bought plan B. Yeah, that's okay. I mean, if it's something I've done a bunch, then it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's something I've done a bunch or if it's the one mulligan smush motion. And Nancy basically says, I have no say in anyone's body. If you need an abortion, have it. I wish my parents had been more comfortable talking about sex. I probably wouldn't have had sex so young if I had. I loved this conversation because you literally never see the word abortion on Bachelor. It is a huge fucking issue. It is a huge issue that couples do have to talk about if they are having sex. Well, especially now, especially in fucking... Dallas, Texas, of all places. Nancy says, thank you for listening. Thanks for being open. And ITMs that he appreciates her beliefs. His mind being open makes me feel like I chose right. And Nancy's handling of this abortion conversation was my... Play, 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 play of the game. I react so strongly when I see, you know, interviews with voters, especially male voters who are who basically admit that they don't understand anything about abortion mm-hmm. or about women's bodies or anything um, and think like you need one tampon for a period and all, all this other like obviously have no clue. And it's like, oh, they're voting for people who are deciding about abortion. And it's like they're horrifying pieces of media. Yeah. And so I mean, watching this conversation, it's hard for me to watch because it's like Bartiste doesn't seem like he has thought about this for very long as there's like Nancy's poking holes left and right. And so I just really appreciated how she handled it. And she didn't come off like she was like super judging him for like not really understanding some of this stuff. Totally. And I just really appreciated this conversation and being on here. No, I agree. I, this is a strong conversation for any reality TV show, let alone, I mean, you're comparing it to our beloved game. Obviously, it would never be in there. But this is something that mm-hmm. ca- couples in the year 2022 have these fucking conversations. This is a part of coming together as a couple. You have to be aligned on certain ideologies around issues just like this. Or at the very least, you have to be open to somebody else's ideology yeah. if it's different than yours. For couples where pregnancy is possible. Exactly. Like, is this the, yeah. the type of conversation that our beloved game players have in the fantasy suite? Is this like the type of conversation that maybe got Zach Shawcross uh, kicked out of Rachel Reckia's top three? I don't know. <laughs> He's like, only one mulligan per. <laughs> and she's like, um, <laughs> abortion shouldn't come in. In Mulligan's, it is healthcare. Anyway, um, but this kind of stuff, honestly, like this is when I think, especially dating games, uh, dating game formats, it's when reality TV is at its best. Mm-hmm. When you have this conversation that maybe edited, I mean, for sure is edited, maybe Frankenbitten, maybe it's, yeah. you know, they're forced into the conversation, maybe it's stilted a little bit, but nonetheless, 
What they're conveying in this show is a couple navigating a very serious issue that will affect them both or could potentially affect them both in the future of their relationship. One that is kind of paramount to talk about, along with religion and politics and all these other things. And you just never see that shit in The Bachelor or really any network TV show. You're only going to get this on a streaming show. I loved it. Yeah, me too. We cut to Alexa's dad's house for the meeting of the family. Brett and ITMC's nervous. We meet Morgan, Alexa's stepmom, and Adam, Alexa's dad, and a child, Emma, who's in earmuffs, <laughs> which are unexplained. And there's a, actually, there's a ton of people here. And they have drinks. They call certain things the grilling seats. Brennan does an interesting play here where he reveals that it's his birthday, which I thought was interesting. I'm like, I mean, I'm sure it is his real birthday, but I'm like, that is a good thing to do to be like, oh, well, you can't go in on me too hard. Birthday play. (laughs) Yeah, it is. The birthday shield. I love it as well. They lahaim to his birthday. And then Alexa's dad asks what they bonded over. He says family and respect. They have the same sense of humor. She's charismatic and an alpha, he says. She has a tough exterior, but it's a good person. And he's super in love with her. She feels secure and comfortable around him, she says. She recaps that they like the same foods and they like to cook. And Brennan says he thinks the best way to learn about culture is through food. And then Alon, Alexa's cousin, asks about the difference in religion. And Brennan says he's open to taking classes about Judaism. But her dad says that they're really Israeli before they are Jewish. Israeli is a culture. Jewish is a religion, he says. And uh, Alexa's dad asks how many girlfriends he's had that have been serious. He says his longest relationship was three years. He was almost married. He's been on some dates since. And uh, he's calling everyone ma'am and sir at this point. And Alexa's dad is like, you have to stop with the sir shit. But then Alexa's like, no, I like it. It's cute. I think it's good. It's a sign of respect. And uh, her dad asks about his money and ambitions. And he says he's a water treatment engineer. He loves the job. And he has a vehicle. He makes that clear. He says, I don't have a car. But then he makes it clear. I do have an SUV, though. We get some suspenseful music and Alexa's dad says that Alexa is not a simple girl. They split into genders as Alexa says, this is me throwing you to the wolves. So all the women leave the room together, leaving Brennan with her father and I guess the other guys. And as the women are leaving, Alexa's dad says, from what I know about Alexa, she's not going to stay married to a chump. And then that's the end. We cliffhang there is the dad foretelling some kind of future calamity in this relationship. But that's it. That's episode five mm. and six. Pace Case, who was your MVP for these two episodes? For her perfectly played meeting of the family, extracting that love level four from SK's mom, Raven was my MMMMVP. Who was yours? For extracting the love level four from SK's mom, for eating the Nigerian food, for doing everything she is doing all along the way of this game. Yeah, colorful narration. Colorful narration, uh, forcing SK to get out of bed and do workouts. For everything she's done so far, Raven was also my... M-M-M-M-M-V-P. I just think that she's outstanding and uh, I'm very curious to see what she does in the rest of this game. But 
that wraps it up. That's episode five and six of Love is Blind season three. Thank you for joining us for our recap of it. We hope you have enjoyed it. And we will be back Friday with This Week in Bachelor Nation. There's a lot to cover, including our uh, responses to getting to go to Stefan Lovegrove's Noel Ball. Still can't believe we did that. Mm -hmm. It was a surreal night, to say the least. A living dream. Yes. I I like to call it a fever dream because I felt (laughs) just like it was all of these worlds colliding. And I just couldn't believe what I was seeing. But we will get into that for our state of the game. State of Game of Roses at the Noel Ball. In the game. You know, I would argue that the Noel Ball is part of the game. It's part of the parasocial game for sure. If you didn't check out, we had a Digging Deeper that came out this week as well with fascinating tids. Just go to patreon.com slash game of roses and check out that... uh, that chunk of the back catalog. <laughs> See where it all began. And before we go, as always, what is that drawback? It has been 7,568 days without an Asian bachelor. Praise be Dark Lord Palmer. Please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then